I make it known this morning that I'm not trusting or depending on my limited human abilities to minister and teach these your people. But I'm trusting on you, Holy Spirit, because you are the most qualified teacher. Therefore, I submit myself to you that you may speak through my mouth to every heart, removing fear, removing confusion. Thank you for supernatural recall of the scriptures. And I believe that your word will flow accurately with clarity and power and authority, unhindered and distracted by any demonic force in Jesus' mighty name. And we'll be careful to give you alone the praise, the honor, and the glory for all that will be revealed and accomplished through your word in this morning's service. And I thank you for the privilege I have of being a servant as I serve your family with this word that changes life. And everybody said amen. amen. Come on, turn to someone next to you and say, it's good to see you in church this morning. Say, say to them, say, I love you so much. But please, come on, but please don't disturb me while I listen to the word. Tell them, say, I love you so much, but please, no distractions when I listen to the word. I'll see you after the service. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. God is good. Amen. All right. We are concluding and finishing off our teaching on living by the Spirit. Amen? Now, now um, next year or next month, uh, I will start a new teaching on being led by the Spirit. All right? So we were busy talking about living by the Spirit. So next month, we're going to start a series on being led by the Spirit. All right? So there's a difference between living by the Spirit and being led by the Spirit. Are we together, family? Uh, so we're concluding this one this morning on living by the Spirit. Now, we, we, it's been a quite a journey. I hope you guys have been taking notes and you're going back to your notes and you are, you know, renewing your mind according to what you've been learning in the past few weeks because it, it is very important. It, you can never be an effective Christian uh, without living in the Spirit or living by the Spirit. Uh, the only way for us to be effective believers is to live by the Spirit. Now, there are many things that are enemies or that opposes us from living by the spirit and some most of these things they are not necessarily sin it's not only sin that opposes you from living by the spirit in fact it is the reason why the devil is able to successfully uh, discourages us or distract us from living by the spirit because he's not using sin to get us not to live by the Spirit. Because he knows that sin when it comes to believers is an obvious case. You will not deliberately sin. He knows that. You will not go out of your way to go and sin. Whenever a believer sins, I believe it's because they stumble into sin or they fall into sin or they get deceived into sin. A, a, a believer 
who is filled by the life of God, who is filled with the life of God and is filled with the spirit of God, they will not intentionally go out of their way to sin against God. So the devil knows that using sin against a believer is not going to, you know, he won't be as successful as he wishes to be. Because he must first deceive you, he must first trap you, he must first, you know, do all these kind of things. So what will he use? He will use things that are not necessarily sin, but they are not beneficial in your life. Now, uh, while I'm at there, please check for me a scripture that says, all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. I'm not sure where the scripture is. Someone check it for me. All things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. If you have it, just scream it out so they can put it on the screens. Can we put scriptures on the screens? It's blank on the screens. All things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. Hmm? No, I want it on screen. Oh, they found it. There we go. Okay, so other believers says permissible, others says lawful. Can you see that? Can you see that? Uh, Pastor Tapelo is complaining about you guys not connecting. Are you guys still not connecting? Can you see that? How? Okay, festive. It's a very scream. What does it say? All things are lawful. That is morally legitimate, permissible. In other words, accept it. All right? Uh, they are not wrong. There's nothing bad about them. All right? All things are lawful. All things are permissible. All things are legitimate. But not all things are beneficial or advantageous. All things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. Now, what do you think the Lord will do with you in the case of what is permissible and what is beneficial? What, what, which one do you think the Lord will lead you to? Will the Lord lead you to what is lawful? Will the Lord lead you to what is permissible? Or will the Lord lead you to what is beneficial? What do you think? God will lead you to what is? Beneficial, right? So, in other words, even though what is lawful is not sin, God will not have you do it. God will have you do what is beneficial. Because, say this, say, God wants me to benefit Hello? Say, so God wants me to grow. God wants me to increase. God wants me to abound. So he will always lead us to what is beneficial. So in other words, the Lord may say, it's permissible for you to be with that woman. Or it's permissible for you to be with that girl or that guy, or that boy, but it's not beneficial. You won't go to hell by marrying them, but 
You're going to live like you're in hell. Uh, there's nothing wrong with you taking the job. It's okay. It's going to keep you away from church. But you're not sinning by taking the job. But it's not beneficial. If it was up to me, I won't lead you into it. Hello? They are good people. You can be friends with them. It's nothing wrong. I mean, I love all people. Everyone is my child. Uh, they, are, they, they are all my children. Don't hate them. You can, you can be their friends, but don't, be, don't benefit you. Don't benefit you. I've got a certain kind that I want you to be a, a part of and mingle with the ones that have a certain mindset that will benefit you. So there are things that believers are involved in that are not sinful. But those things are not aiding anything in their lives. They're not beneficial. And they hold on to these things. They don't want to let go of these things. Because they make them feel good. Feel accepted. Feel like they belong. I don't know why believers want to feel accepted, feel like belong. You know, because you're already accepted. You already, you already belong. Amen? Well, why do we keep wanting to feel accepted by people who themselves need to feel accepted by God? Listen, I can be alone all the time and still have peace and joy. <laughs> I don't need you to come and fulfill my joy. I can be joyful all by myself. I can take myself out to the movies. And take myself out for lunch and dinner. <laughs> Amen? When, you, when I bring you along, it's not for my benefit, it's for your benefit. <laughs> Hello? Are you with me? How many of you guys can enjoy life by yourself? You know, praise God. How many guys are miserable by yourself? If you're miserable by yourself, you're going to make the next person miserable too. Because there's no person who's going to come and get rid of the misery in your life. You take your misery with you wherever you go. Some of you guys need to get rid of your misery before you even think of getting married. You miserable you. Get rid of your misery. Change your mind. Be happy with you before someone else can come and be happy. Amen. Say, I'm happy with me. I'm fine by myself. I'm not lonely. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. No, don't, don't, go, don't go there, Pastor. I will get to you. Where were we talking? All things are lawful. Think about this scripture, family. All things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. What are the things in your life right now that you are a part of or you are doing? They are not sinful. But ah, they are not adding into your life. They are not moving you closer to God. They are not fulfilling any scripture. They are not lifting up the word of God in your life. Amen? Then we need to get rid of those things. Um, Lord, I've got my own notes, you know. Go to a scripture that talks about getting rid of the weight. I think it's in Hebrews. 
Hebrews, Hebrews 13, 1 or 11. 12, 12, 1. Hebrews 12, 1, please. Give me Hebrews 12, 1. Now, he's putting his own sermon together here. Say this, say, Holy Spirit, Pastor Abby has his own notes. So please chill. Uh, 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 you don't want to tell him? You don't want him to chill? Uh, this is the last one he's bringing. I'm telling you, if after this, I'm going to my notes. Now, now, we're talking about things that are lawful in the previous scripture, things that are permissible but not beneficial. All right. Now, Hebrews gives us a little bit of uh, an idea what those things can be. It says here, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, these are angels, right? Angels and those that have gone before us, all right? Uh, God says we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God. This is amplified, right? Give me, give me, give me, give me a New King James. Is this amplified? Give me New King James, please. Is that, yeah. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, check, check this out. Let us lay aside every sin, every sin, every, every, every weight. The previous scripture says all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. Now, Hebrews says those things that are permissible, yet not beneficial, they are what? Weights. They are weights. So it says there, let us, it did not say let us lay aside every sin. It says let us lay aside every weight. And then it says, and the sin. So you see, it's adding. Lay aside a weight and also lay aside the sin. So there's a weight, there's a sin, but I want to focus on the weight. Now, a weight is something that wears you down. A weight is something heavy in your life. A weight is something that God wants you to get rid of because it's distracting you from running as fast as you should or as fast as you're supposed to. Now, now I've seen... Uh, I had a friend, his name is Bradley Pillay, he's an Indian friend of mine. Um, he, he, they've got this place in Boxbeck where they do uh, uh, car racing. I don't know what they call the place. They, they call it car racing. So he, he, that time when he was, we were still closed, he was part of that whole thing where they will go do car racing there and they spin cars as well and stuff like that. Now one time he visited me with this car that he was racing with. And then he came to show me this car. True story. He came to show me this car and uh, brought me outside. He says, come, I've got something to show you. When I got there, I opened the passenger's door. I wanted to go in. There was no chair. There was no seat for me to sit in. The only chair in the car was his chair. I'm like, brah. He says, no, I did not come to give you a ride. I came to show you. I'm like, well, I want to feel it. He says, no, I can show you. What do you want me to do? This guy went and he did a handbrake turn. I was so fascinated. I was like, why can't I do that? He's like, no, you're going to, you're going to roll over. He's like, he did all sorts of things. But now when I'm looking at the car, there's no spare wheel. The rims are nice, but they are plastic. this. 
There's no chair. His chair is not like our chairs and cars. It's plastic, very light. Plastic. So I'm like, why is your car like this? He said, in order for the car to be fast enough, we have to get rid of any, every weight. And things that are in the car must be very light so that the car can perform to its, you know, potential. I'm like, say what? Huh? He says, so now I can go. He says, a small amount of weight on the car can make the car slower than your opponent. You can win the race with an inch and the difference could not be speed, but Wait. Like, say what? So when I came to see this scripture, I thought of him. And this is not the first time I explain the scripture this way that God wants us to get rid of certain weights in our lives. There are weights in our lives that are distracting us from running as fast as God wants us to run, as effective as God wants us to run. There are things that are weighing us down. They are heavy in us, and they are making us sluggish. They are making us slow down. They are making us to walk instead of running. And these things will not get us to hell. Uh-uh. We will get into heaven carrying all the weights. I remember Pastor Malchotla's uh, message last year. He was talking about uh, baggage. Remember he was talking about baggage and then he had all sorts of bags here on the pulpit. You know that some people have small luggages you know uh, uh, baggages and some had big baggages and stuff like that. And he, was, he did an awesome illustration here showing us that we carry things in our lives. And we refuse to let go. And some people are so in love with their baggage. They love their baggage. They will even fight you from trying to help them get rid of their baggage. They don't want you interfering with their baggage. They call it my stress, my sickness, my, my worry. Some, some, some of them are sicknesses. Hmm? They define themselves according to the things that slows them down. They define themselves according to the things that God wants them to let go of. Amen? And when you try to show them those things, they say you're judging them and they'll fight with you. Fight with you. But God says we must get rid, lay aside of every weight. Say, I must lay aside of every weight. Every weight in my life that is slowing me down. Fall off in the name of Jesus. You see, even the way you are saying it, in just like, ah, which weight? I love my weights, me. Which weight? Listen, there isn't one person here who does not have a weight. All of you, including myself, we have weights. Some people's weights are heavier than others. Some are stronger than others. Some are deeper than others. Some have been there longer than others. I love the way Z is looking at me. He's like, hmm. Amen. 40, as I'm talking right now, most of you, God is already showing you the weights. He's already showing you the weights. You know. 
You know them. You don't need the angel of the Lord to wake you up in the middle of the night. Yeah, here's your weight. Ah, you know them. You know your weight. Praise God. Pastor Abi, can late coming be a weight? Most definitely. It's a weight. It's a weight that delays you. God wants you here at 7. He's ready for you here at 7. When you come at 5 past 7, you miss God. Because of your weight. Must I go deeper on the weights? Must I go to my notes? D- deeper on the notes. On the, on, on, on the weights. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Lord, is quarter past seven. All right. Quarter past what? Ten. All right. Let's go to... Um, I'm not going to do a recap. The time for recap is gone. All right. But if you're not here last week, you missed out. We're talking about... Um, walking in the light, right? Walking in the light, the Bible says that um, uh, we should walk in the light just as he is in the light, amen? So, walking in the light is another way of walking in the spirit, amen, family? Are we together? We looked at the scripture, First John chapter 1, uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse number 6. Am I right? I lost my place here. I'll find it just now. First John chapter 1, verse number 6. The Bible says, He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Say, if I abide in the Lord, I must also walk as the Lord walks. Amen? So how does the, the, the Lord walk? Now, that word walk is not really talking about walking, like movement. Amen? It's talking about his way of doing things. How does he do what he does? The Lord does things. uh, His way is love, kindness, peace, joy, faithfulness gentleness you know he walks in forgiveness you know he does not put others down the lord is always encouraging and lifting others up amen so the bible says if we say we abide in him then we should walk the same way as he walks in other words we should be people of love we should be people of kindness gentleness amen we should reflect him. Uh, is it that not true? We should do what? Reflect him. Praise God. And we should not be comfortable not reflecting him. Say, I must not be comfortable not reflecting him. And then it says here yeah, uh, that um, Excuse me, what's going on here? First John 1, verse 6. First John 1, verse 6. Okay, I was at 2. Sorry, why didn't you guys tell me I'm reading the wrong place? But it's also fine. First John 1, 6. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. And we looked at that word practice. Amen? 
that to practice something is to be in the habit of doing the thing. You cannot say you practice going to church, but you're only in church during Christmas, Easter weekend, and stuff like that. That is not practicing church. If you are saying that you are practicing church, then you are a person that is always in church. Amen? Hello? Are you with me? So the Bible says that um, um, if we say that we have fellowship with him, remember, when you fellowship with someone, it means that you are connected to that person. Now, being connected with someone means wherever they are, I'm there. Are you with me? Uh, now, 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 when you look at a husband and wife that are connected, uh, like right now today, I can tell that Mrs. Nshona is not here. I can tell. Because the way these guys demonstrate and practices connection, ah, it's very evident to see that she's not there. I can tell you about they're, they're like chappies. They're, they're like chappies. They are always like this. I mean, I saw him when he was getting married. Or yeah, last week when, when I was getting honored. You know, thank you very much for the way you honored me last week. I saw them. The man, he's addressing and, you know, encouraging me and blessing me and ministering to me. With the one hand. But the other one was having fellowship. <laughs> Did you guys see that? The, the other one was having fellowship. And he's not just grabbing and having No, he's having fellowship. I'm like, this man, he's really, really connected. Amen? So now that he's alone, shame. Even the hands are feeling useless. But thank God he's got a Bible on his lap. Amen? But, but they demonstrate connection and fellowship. Are you with me? So his level of connection and fellowship with his wife ah, is deep. Oh. Yeah. It's very deep. It's deeper than Pastor Lezani's one. Pastor Lezani's one, <laughs> we can't even tell that his wife is not here because, <laughs> I mean, uh, that level of, uh, is, is, is different from even Pastor Nkiwani's one. <laughs> ah, Pastor Shongwe, I no way. <laughs> Are you with me? <laughs> ah, Elder Mongesi. <laughs> what about me? I'm not even there. I, 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 see, I see the Malulekas, they are getting there now. But those are people that are sitting with their wives. Huh? Huh? Pastor Mtolo. Uh, what's your wife say? Huh? What, what? Uh, Pastor Paul. Pastor Paul. Pastor Paul. Yeah, he's fellowshipping with a computer. <laughs> are you with me? So we need to up our game when it comes to the level of what? <laughs> the level of fellowship. Amen. Because yeah? Mr. Mshona is on another level. Even Mrs. Mshona. Ladies, you too. Yeah, Mrs. Mshona. If she was here, she would be, ah! <laughs> Where is Pastor Levis? Where is Pastor Levis? Fellowship, ah, ah. Are you getting Pastor Felix? Amen, family. Okay, this we're going to talk on greater marriages. Hallelujah. 
But are you getting what I'm saying? My point. Some people, they say, we don't like this pastor. He always makes examples with real things. <laughs> they are not examples. Pastor Nkiwana gives me a call this one day. I think I called him. And uh, I'm trying to explain to him who the insurers are. My one? Like, nah, yeah, Pastor, yeah, I got your message. Yeah, yeah. Who are the insurers? I'm like, no, nah, man, the insurers. Um, I think they came to your house for baptism. They are at your house, baptism is a colored lady and a black guy. It says, oh, those ones that are always like this. <laughs> That's first thing you want to say that to me. Yes, 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 those ones. Are you? You know, I looked, at, I looked at those people and I was like, hey, these guys are ministering to me in my house. <laughs> he says, when I looked at them, I'm like, hey, I need to pull up my socks when it comes to ministry. <laughs> True story. Be careful what you say to me when you call me. It might just be a good example for my sermon. Hallelujah. Uh, Lord, my time is going now. Eh? Time is always up. I can't even ask the people if they are receiving something today. Are you receiving something? <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, it says here, I was emphasizing on the word practice. Whatever we practice becomes easy. Whatever we practice becomes a habit. Whatever we practice becomes our identity. Whatever we practice becomes who we are. If you practice lying, you, we call you a liar. If you practice being late all the time, we call you that. Sala late, low. Hello? If you practice complaining all the time, we call you that. If you practice being angry all the time, we identify you with that. Amen? But if you practice love, kindness, joy, if you practice it, it means every time we come to you or we come in contact with you, we know we're going to find you loving, kind, joyful, or one of those beautiful things. Amen? In fact, when we find you otherwise, we are in, we're in shock. Then we look for excuses why you are like that. Are, are you okay? <laughs> but if we find you like that and we don't find excuses why you are like that, uh, are you with me? Yeah, when we don't find you smiling or kind or, 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 or happy, we find excuses why you are like that. We even ask you, are you okay? Did you sleep well? You have money. <laughs> Maybe you're broke. You, you have money. Say, I'm never broke. Amen? But, 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 but imagine you are happy and you're full of smiles and we want to find excuses why you are happy. Because, no, we're not used to you being happy. We're used to you being grumpy and kind. So when you are happy, I know, something is wrong. Something is wrong. Why are they happy? Huh? 
I mean, if we don't see Mr. Nishona smiling, we can just tell the wife is not here. So we, we've got an excuse for him. Are, are we together? I'm talking about what you practice is who you are. Now, he says here, if we say that we have fellowship with God, if we say that we are connected with God, yet we walk in darkness. What is to walk in darkness? You, 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 you're full of hate. You, 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 you're unkind. You are mean. You are ugly. Amen? You, you've got a bad attitude. Huh? You can't even be happy for someone because you are unjalwe nanji. So, Mary, you say you've got fellowship with God, yet you walk in darkness. You, are, you lie, and you do not practice the truth. Even there, I have fellowship with God, but I'm, I'm, I'm in darkness. He says you're not practicing the truth. Lebon. Hello? So God says, don't lie. Practice what you preach. Now, give me Proverbs 3, 5. I'm going to give you three scriptures and I'll be out of your way, all right? Three scriptures. Sure, this time flies. It's because you guys laugh too much at my jokes. Sometimes if you want me to go fast, don't laugh at my jokes. Because when I, you don't laugh at my jokes, I feel like, ah, it's not happening. Let me just wrap this thing up, you see? So when you laugh at my jokes, you encourage me. And the Holy Spirit gives me scriptures because you guys are entertaining my jokes. Proverbs 3, 5. Proverbs 3, 5. <clears throat> Before we get there, I wrote here. Remember the Bible says, uh, we, do, we, we do not practice the truth and, and we are not in fellowship with him, right? Fellowship means we're mindful of him. Fellowship means we acknowledge him. Fellowship means we involve him. Fellowship means we consider him and his word. Fellowship means we consult with him. So when we say we are in fellowship with God, we're saying that we are connected to him. We are mindful of him. We acknowledge him. We involve him. We consider him. We consider his word. We consult with him. You can't be in fellowship with the Lord if you do not involve him, if you do not acknowledge him, if you are not mindful of him, if you do not uh, uh, consult with him and consider him. In whatever we do, we must consider him. Is this reflecting God? Is this promoting his word? Is this his nature? Is what I'm about to say to this person, does it reflect the light? Does it reflect the word? Does it reflect God? Because we can preach Jesus without mentioning Jesus. We can preach Jesus by just behaving like Jesus. Act Jesus. In actual fact, your actions are louder. They preach louder than your words. Most people are preaching Jesus and they cancel the Jesus they preach with their actions. They go preach. Preach love and they walk in hate. They preach forgiveness and they walk in unforgiveness. You're contradicting what you say. Let your actions prove what you preach. It's like a preacher who's big on, you must give, you must give in the church, but they never give us themselves. Hello? 
around here, there are areas of darkness. Remember he said, if we do not walk as he walked, we are, if we, are in, if we say we are in fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Remember? So he says, that darkness, I wrote here, there are areas of darkness in each and every one of us. There are areas of darkness in each and every one of us. If you do not challenge those areas with the word or with the light, you will remain in darkness or in deception. Remember, the word of God is light. And when you take on the word of God, you're bringing light in whatever darkness you may be in. And the word of God will shine bright against that light. And that light cannot stand against the light. That darkness cannot stand against that light. It has to go. So when Jesus comes in, the devil has to go out. Some, some devils are so stubborn, we have to put on the word, confess the word, and meditate on the word, and keep talking the word, and keep confessing the word, and don't stop talking the word, and keep on and, until that darkness just goes because the light is so bright because you are so focused and consistent in bringing the light into that area of darkness that the light cannot, the darkness cannot stand, cannot withhold it. It has to bow. Now I'm still reading what I wrote. Some of you defend the darkness in you. That you will fight anyone who shows it to you. You have embraced it and you call it who you are. Darkness. Now, Proverbs 3 verse 5. I said three scriptures, ne? We're still on. This is the number one. This is number one. Number one scripture. Trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? How much of your heart must you trust in the Lord? So in other words, there should not be any part of your heart that does not trust God. If you are trusting God, but you are not doing it with all your heart, you are not trusting God biblically. Because the kind of trust that God accepts, it's all of it. Not half of it. Not some of it. All of it, all of it. God wants your whole heart. Say, God wants my whole heart. The scripture says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. So God wants it all. So it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Yet, we do part. Two more than we do part one. Don't we do that? We really lean on our own understanding more than we love the Lord with all our heart. This lean on, lean not on your own understanding can also be read as rely not, depend not on your own understanding. We depend too much on our education on our understanding, on the way we analyze things. We depend too much on it. We trust what we've learned. Yet what we've learned, we've been taught by men. 
Nothing wrong with that. We just, not, we just need to know when to use it and when not to use it. Do you know that being well-learned can be a challenge between you and God? Yet, I'm not saying don't learn. Just know the purpose of being well-learned and the purpose of the Word of God. Don't confuse the two. If you confuse the two, it won't work for you. But if you, God can actually help you benefit from what you've learned if you know how to appropriate. How to appropriate it. Are you with me? So don't say, pastor says we must not go study. I did not say that. I will call you a liar in, he- in heaven. Why do you not go to school? Ah, pastor, I'll be, hey, you're lying. I said, Holy Spirit, play, play, the, play the, the recording. <laughs> I said, be educated, but don't trust your education. Trust the Lord. Be educated, but, but don't depend on your education. Depend on God. Be educated, but don't rely on your education. Rely on God. Be educated, have your degrees, have all those things, but don't allow those things to be the navigator of your life. Mm-mm. No way. Don't. Are you getting? Lean not on your own understanding. Some, some people have pride in their understanding. No, no. They've got pride in their reasoning. They can reason they can reason you out of the word of God. Yeah, yeah, I hear, I hear, I hear the faith talk. I hear that we must confess when among us. I hear this faith that you're talking about. However, or Shabagadi textbook in that also deceiving. Where now you get stuck. <laughs> the word of God. You'll get stuck. Whenever you go into trying to debate the word of God, God is not there. You're on your own. The Holy Spirit is not, give you, it's not going to give you scriptures to debate more effectively. You are on your own. But when you minister the word, ah, the scriptures, they are, they are again, they are, he even distracts you from what you prepared. You'll go blank because he's not participating in that. You are not the one to convince people of Jesus. Just preach the word, the Holy Spirit will do his job. Amen? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Verse 5, verse 6. But, but in all your ways, or in all your doings, do what? Acknowledge him. Involve him. Consult with him. Hello? Consult with him. Involve him. Acknowledge him in all your ways. And what will happen? He shall direct your path. Most of us, we want our path to be directed, but we don't involve God. You know, we always want the benefits. We don't involve God in what we do. You get... You go to a job interview, and everything they give you is against the way you live that pleases the Lord. And you take it. And after three months working there, you're far away from God. Stop praying. Stop reading the Bible. Stop tithing. 
Okay, you don't like that one. Askis. Not Kolis. We do not trust the Lord, family. We trust everything else but God. We trust the opinions of others. Ooh. We trust our cultures and traditions more than we do God. We trust our cultures and traditions more than we do God. There are believers that will fight for traditions regardless of what the word of God says. Give me Mark 7.13. Mark 7.13, please. Mark 7, verse 1-3. Let me show you something. This is my last scripture. No, this one just came out of nowhere. So, <laughs> no, this one is not on my notes. You know, I just want to prove what I'm saying. Uh, Try verse 12. Let's start from verse 12. Let's see. Then you no longer let him do anything for his father. Okay, okay, go, go, go. Um, go to verse 13. Yes. Oh, yes. Sorry. Oh, you are right. My man, making the word of God of no effect. How? How? Through what? What does your tradition do? They make the word of God off? Now, not everything in tradition 